Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. Welcome to Sunday Podcast. This is our chance to play for you some of the best moments from the radio show and some great interviews during the week that you may have missed. If you ever want to check out our show, go to Bongino.com. Go to Station Finder and see what radio station we're on near you. You'll love it. I promise you. We put a lot of work into the radio show. Check it out. But before that, let me tell you about our first sponsor. Are you ready to discover the incredible benefits of a good night's sleep? You know I'm a life hacks guy. Sleep matters. It's time to awaken your senses and embrace the importance of restful slumber. Dive into the world of sleep and introduce yourself to an amazing product that could revolutionize your nighttime routine. Beam Dream. It's a game changer. Their dream powder is a hot cocoa designed specifically for sleep. It could transform your nights. This stuff's amazing. Sleepy time after you drink this stuff. They have flavors like cinnamon cocoa, chocolate peanut butter. It's a treat to sip on before bedtime. It tastes amazing and you're going out. The secret lies in Dream's powerful all-natural brand of reishi, magnesium, L-theanine, and apigenin. These ingredients work synergistically and help you fall asleep faster. It's that simple. Stay asleep longer and help you wake up feeling refreshed. No next day grogginess. Here's the best part for our listeners. Beam's offering an exclusive discount on their dream powder. Just try it. Thank me later. For a limited time, you can get up to 40% off when you visit shopbeam.com slash Bongino. Use code Bongino at checkout. Take control of your sleep and experience the wonders of Beam Dream. Shopbeam.com slash Bongino. Use code Bongino for up to 40% off. Your body and mind deserve the gift of restful night's sleep. First up today, we talk with Dr. Peter McCullough about everything going on with COVID, the vaccine, myocarditis, heart problems. I asked him a bunch of questions about the latest research about uh, potential side effects of the vaccine. Uh, this is a really important interview. Check this out. All right, let's not waste any time. One of my favorite guests, one of your favorite guests, a very knowledgeable guy, world-renowned cardiologist, a physician, very smart man, knows a lot about COVID, the COVID vaccine, how it impacts the heart, a very reasonable guy as well. Welcoming back to the show, Dr. Peter McCullough. Doc, thanks so much for uh, spending some time with us. We really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. So, uh, Doc, last interview you did with us on the show blew up on my Rumble platform. It was actually our most listened-to show of the month. People are really, really concerned about the effects of this vaccine. Uh, we're going through another small spike in COVID with this new variant. The pressure campaign to get this vaccine is on again. Uh, any new data emerge about safety or efficacy that we've missed since the last time we spoke? What's your, t what's your just overall view on it now? Unfortunately, Dan, more data have come in. The heart damage that occurs in young people, the myocarditis, and the rates, uh, the percentage risk is about 2.5% of people who take the shot. That's based on two studies, one by Mueller in Switzerland, the other one by Mansukian in Thailand. It's about 2.5% sustained some heart damage, mainly 90% young men ages uh, basically 18 to 24. That's the military college age uh, risk men, about 2.5%, about half feel it, they have some symptoms, half they don't feel it at all. When they are studied with MRI, a paper in circulation by you and colleagues show 58% of the time, the damage is not cleared up at a year. Now the MRI can improve, especially when there's small areas of damage, but now a couple papers, including this one, suggest it may be permanent. The problem there is if there's a permanent scar, some people, a subfraction, will be at risk for sudden death. Now, Doc, we're talking to Dr. Peter McCullough. Last time we spoke, 
you would uh, address that 2% number and said that a, a number of people are not going to have any issues. And I forget the exact numerical breakdown, but this percentage won't have any issues. This percentage will have mild issues, right. uh, maybe some inflammation locally at the site, mm-hmm. and others are going to have serious issues. What, what was the breakdown there, and, and how does it relate to that 58% of that 2% you're talking about? Right. So let's look at broadly the vaccines. So a paper by Schmeling in Denmark, probably one of the most important papers out there, they had Pfizer, they had all the side effects, and they had the batches of Pfizer, the manufacturing batches, three major groups. The first group, which is a third in the Schmeling paper, zero side effects, Dan, nothing. They take a shot, they don't even feel it in the arm. Second grouping is about two-thirds. They have some mild side effects, a fever, sore arm, nothing big. The third grouping, small number, 4.2%, Dan, is through the roof. They're the ones getting the heart damage. They're the ones uh, having blood clots, uh, sadly, uh, dying. So that's broadly with vaccines. Then the two prospective cohort studies, uh, Mansugian and Mueller, showing the rate of heart damage about 2.5%. So obviously that 2.5% is within the 4.2. It is a problem of the manufacturing of the vaccines. And Senator Ron Johnson has brought this to the CDC and FDA last year and said, listen, we've got a manufacturing. Not all the vials are the same. It's so bad now. There's websites where people can look up the batch that they've taken and they can see the relative risk ranking of the batch. Really? Do you have that website? Can you tweet yeah, that out or something so we can, what is that? It, it, I think it's called mybadbatch.com. There's a couple of them out there, uh, but there's uh, well over a hundred uh, different uh, batches and they're in groupings and you can look at the relative rank order of how dangerous wow. they were. And what Johnson is saying is, listen, come on, these have been out two and a half years. Let's get some FDA inspections on these. Maybe the quantity of messenger RNA varies. Maybe there's contaminants of DNA that's been presented to the FDA advisory committee by, um, uh, by multiple scientists. Uh, maybe there's visible contaminants uh, in them. The Japanese have returned millions of vials because of, they see stuff at the bottom. Uh, but the FDA and the CDC have refused to have these products uh, inspected. So, Doc, is this a standard old axiomatic dose makes the poison event here that it may have they may have just been improperly dosed due to manufacturing problems? <laughs> and that's why some of these uh, people are having such serious side effects. Is, is that what I'm taking from what you're saying here? It's the strongest be explanation. Dan, it's the strongest yeah. explanation because uh, and most of what we see looks like spike protein, which is a proxy for how much messenger RNA they got. I think these lipid nanoparticles probably aggregate into clumps and some people get a big dose of it in some of these vials and some get relatively little. The, the Schmeling paper shows a third of people over time. There's nothing. You know, I know people who've taken the shot. They've never even had a sore arm. They haven't had one single problem. I examine them in the clinic, Dan. They're perfectly fine. There's not a single lab abnormality off. Yet I see a smaller fraction. They have all kinds of problems, blood clots, heart damage, neurologic problems. Yeah. Doc, I I monitor my heart religiously being a former chemotherapy patient for reasons outside of the vaccine. But as you know, you and I haven't spoken often. I'm deeply concerned of the impact. My HRV score was never really the same after the vaccine. Mm. Uh, It could be correlation. I mean, I I know it's not necessarily causal. I went through a lot at that time. Um, But 
I, every time I, I put my fingers on that Cardia Mobile, which I do like once a week, I never get anything unusual. It's just the HRV score, and I notice my cardiovascular capabilities went down. But again, there's a confounding variable with chemotherapy. So I guess the question I'm asking you is, outside of that, for the person who hasn't been through chemo or other heart-damaging things, how would you know? Is it only a troponin test? Is, it, is there any other way you'd know this impacted your heart other than a massive myocardial incident? Well, uh, let me tell you that in general, the vaccines disrupt the balance between the sympathetic and the parasympathetic nervous system. The sympathetic is the fight or flight, the adrenaline system. The parasympathetic is the relaxation system. And the vaccines commonly disrupt this. The, the exaggerated form of this, Dan, is called POTS, or posterior atherostatic tachycardia syndrome. That's actually labile blood pressure, low blood pressure, high blood pressure, and a high heart rate. Have you seen these um, montages of all the people in the media passing out? Have you seen yes. this where they just, oh, they just yes. pass out? Yes, it is the weirdest like thing. Of, yeah, <laughs> that's not a cardiac arrest. That's actually POTS. But there have been dozens and dozens of media anchors that literally on camera pass out. And let me tell you, people do pass out in public. Uh, and I see this commonly in my clinic. It's not a cardiac arrest. It's called POTS. It is a side effect of the vaccine. And because the vaccines uh, change the modulation of how the body uh, handles these two systems. And again, if we believe it's related to the spike protein. I was impressed by a paper from Swank at colleagues from Harvard. Now they've been able to measure the spike protein in people who've you know, had the shot, had COVID. Most people have had both because the shots don't work. And Swank measured, he found the spike protein still in the bloodstream again a year later, circulating. Wow. And that's not supposed to happen, right, Doc? That was just, it's supposed to be a local event to induce this mRNA kind of intracellular response, right? And that's it. It's not supposed to persist, correct? That's right. And everybody with symptoms, as you mentioned, it's uh, circulating. Now, if it's just a mild thing that you've seen on a you know heart rate variability uh, that that's the most minor uh, version of it. The, the severe versions, people, you know, they can't exercise. They're passing out. They're miserable. And you know, in my practice as a cardiologist, I've come up with an approach for all these syndromes. Um, there's a base of natural products we use, uh, which I think are important because it is related to the spike protein. And then there's prescription drugs that I use specifically for these um, for these syndromes of cardiovascular. Doc, ones, I don't want to interrupt you, but this uh, for the I just want to get the audience ready. So get your pens, folks, because I'm going to get a thousand <laughs> emails after this. I'm giving you a second, folks. We're going to do a countdown. Everybody, take a five, four. Get your pens ready. So, Doc, the cocktail you mentioned last time. I kid mm -hmm. you not, I got probably a thousand emails. What was the cocktail? I take it. Um, I swear it's worked right. for me, not just for yeah. my heart, but just for general health. Um, I was taking a lot of these things before, and I think they're absolutely mm -hmm. great products. But this natural cocktail, what are the elements of it? And if, just a brief explainer of how each element works. Right. So the problem is the spike protein, which was engineered in this Chinese biosecurity lab. It's an unnatural protein, Dan. The human body can't break it down. And it causes all these problems. So the spike protein causes heart damage. It causes neurologic damage. It causes, it's found in the blood clots. Uh, and so it is the problem. You get it from the virus, and the spike protein causes the long COVID symptoms, and you get a ton of it from the vaccine. So that's the problem with the spike protein. One of the things that we found is that you have to get rid of it. You, it just, you, you just, can, you can only patching up the symptoms unless you get rid of it. The two big innovations 
is learning that a natural enzyme called natokinase, the Japanese discovered this, that is derived from the fermentation of soy, the natokinase dissolves the spike protein partially. And um, it has been used by the Japanese for several decades as a cardiovascular supplement because it is a mild blood thinner and it helps protect against stroke and heart attack. You know, to the we have information in this natural naturopathic uh, area and there's a, a several dozen manuscripts on it but at least three with uh, SARS-CoV-2 and the spike protein it clearly partially dissolves the spike protein so the first component is natokinase it's available as a capsule 2,000 units which is equivalent to 100 milligrams twice a day best on an empty Doc, stomach. what about what about lumbrokinase is that a is that a substitute or you think natokinase is better Lumbrokinase, we simply don't have the information. Lumbrokinase is a family of enzymes derived from worms, and we don't know if those enzymes hit the spike protein. By the way, human enzymes looks like they don't they don't hit it, so it's not it's not like any old enzyme is going to work. So the the next family of enzymes that work that's actually have some data against the spike protein is bromelain. Bromelain is derived from it's a family of enzymes. It's derived from the stems of pineapples, pineapple stem. And a good paper to cite is by Varela and colleagues where uh, it clearly partially degrades the spike protein. The dose there would be 500 milligrams a day. So with natokinase and bromelain, we have some preclinical evidence to suggest that we are beginning to attack the spike protein. Um, and so they both, by the way, work as blood thinners. So the complications would be bleeding or easy bruising. So we have to watch that. We can use it in addition to prescription blood thinners, but we just have to keep a careful watch on this. Um, bromelain, by the way, is an FDA-approved drug as a topical ointment used in burns. So it has medicinal properties. Okay, so you know some supplements actually are really like medicines. The third one doesn't dissolve the spike protein, but it has randomized trial data in people who have taken the vaccines and had long COVID. And that's the supplement derived from turmeric called curcumin, curcumin. And curcumin uh, has to be combined uh, best with piperine, which is a, a, an extract from black pepper that helps it be absorbed or be in a liposomal format. But curcumin, 500 milligrams twice a day. So we've been working with this in my practice now for months, observing patients, uh, doing the best we can. We've tried other things that clearly don't work. And we've arrived at this base spike detox. We have a major manuscript coming out. It's now fully peer-reviewed and accepted. It should be out shortly, which will support this. Now, I can't make any therapeutic claims until we get to big randomized trials. But I can tell you HHS uh, and the government has come out with their research plan for long COVID and no study of these are um, planned, none. A billion dollars being spent on very expensive pharmaceuticals and we're years off from any information. So we're telling people now, listen, if you wanna take matters into your own hands, get natokinase, bromelain and curcumin and begin to supplement uh, a healthy lifestyle with these and we are seeing bona fide practice, uh, you know, improvement in patients over time. Doc, that's amazing. And I, I, I tell you, curcumin for me as an anti-inflammatory living with osteoarthritis <laughs> has been a wonder drug. Um, yeah. I combine it with omega-3s. The bromelain yeah. and the quercetin also assists in as, mm -hmm. uh, getting that zinc 
into the cells. That's been great for me. But the natto kinase was new to me. I, ironically, I got to run. Unfortunately, I'm running up to the end. But I heard about it from a physical therapist, and of all, and then I heard, you know, I, he had no expertise in your age. Very smart guy, though. And then I heard you say it. I'm like, man, that guy Nick really knew what he was talking about. <laughs> so, Doc, thanks so much for your time. You've done the country a huge <laughs> service with your honesty. Thanks for your expertise. We appreciate it. Thank you. You got it. Dr. Peter McCullough, folks. Natokinase, bromelain, and curcumin. You heard it from the doctor's mouth. So let's hope those studies work out pretty well so they can make some, hopefully, some therapeutic claims later. If it does work out, if it doesn't, we'll be the first to let you know. But always seek medical attention first. I don't know your specific medical situation before you take any of this stuff. It's important because some of these act as blood thinners and you don't want to run into that problem. Up next, another Dan Bongino show rant from the eponymously named host. <laughs> Let me tell you first about our next sponsor. The Durban Accords, they can impact the U.S. dollar's global dominance of the past 80 years. It's been reported that on August 22nd, Brazil, Russia, India, China, and South Africa may announce the launch of a new international super currency fully backed by gold or other commodities. It's believed part of their long-term plan is to supplant the U.S. and the dollar as the cornerstones of the global financial system. How can you protect your IRA or 401k from the potential fallout from this possible landmark announcement? Well, I diversify with gold from Birch Gold Group, used it many times. Historically, gold has been a safe haven in times of uncertainty, which is right now. Get a free information kit on gold IRAs and decide for yourself if a tax shelter retirement account backed by physical precious metals is right for you. Text the word DAN to 989898. A monumental shift may be happening among nations that control third of the world's GDP starting August 22nd. Protect your retirement savings. Text Dan, my first name, to the number 989898. Claim your free information kit on gold from Birch Gold. Performance may vary. Consult with your tax attorney or financial professional before making an investment decision. Message and data rate supply. Good company. The Georgia indictment of President Trump was a major alarm bell. I was pretty passionate about what it all means. Pay close attention to what I had to say here. It's important. You know, as I continue to say on the show... The Republic's officially dead, man. You're living in a police state now. You're living in a police state right now. It's not coming. It's not around the corner. It's not like, oh, next week it'll be here next year. You're living in it right now. The fact that the left, by the way, is so paranoid about us using the terms police state and weaponized government says to you that they know exactly what I'm saying and they know it to be absolutely true. It'll be only a moment before the Oliver Darcy's who once pretended to be a conservative until he could grift off CNN and pretend to be a liberal and the media don't matters, media matters crew, right? Start claiming you're not allowed to talk about the police state actions against Trump because that's indicative of fascism too. You're like, wait, what? Wait, is, is that like triple, double, quadruple reverse psychology? How about this? Let's just start a general rule. This is the Dan Bongino rule. And it's not the 20, wait, 24 to 72 hours. This is a new Dan Bongino rule. This is Dan Bongino rule 2.0. Whatever the left tells me not to talk about, I'm going to respond with this. You guys can take your lips on the left, okay? You know lips? You know those things? Around your mouth, surround your mouth, have a little pinkish shoe to them sometimes. And you can firmly plant them on this muscle I have it's on the back side of my body, known as the gluteus maximus. There's a minimus, too. But you can plant them on the skin overlaying the maximus. That's what, that's just, that's what you can do. 
Because whenever you tell me not to talk about something, I'm now going to talk about it two and three times more because now I know you're scared. See, make no mistake. The libs know that they're commies. They know they love the police state. They know these cases against Trump are embarrassing freaking jokes. They have zero doubt about that. What they want to do is intimidate weak people in their police state manner from not exposing them as the socialist fascist commies they are. And some weak people will comply. Oh my gosh, we can't talk about that. Thank you. Now we're going to talk about it twice. Yesterday, unbelievably, was yet another police state witch hunt fake indictment against Donald Trump. The indictment was legally very real. Uh, Constitutionally, it was very fake. There is no crime alleged. The alleged crime is actually something Democrats have been up to for decades right now, questioning elections and uh, trying to intimidate presidential, uh, presidential electors. How come no Democrat has been arrested for that? Uh, The answer is because it's not a crime. Uh, Well, intimidating them physically would be. But speaking about elections and questioning their results, for as ridiculous as it's been when the Democrats do it, is not a crime. It is a First Amendment protected activity. Well, why is Donald Trump potentially going to jail because of it? Because we don't live in a country with a functioning constitution anymore. That's why. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you, Tony. I'm reading your comments in lifetime. Call them what they are. These people are communists. Do not call them liberals, progressives. You know, I get it. In the course of a conversation that comes up, they are communists. They hate it when you call them that because that's what they are. If someone calls me a dumbass, I don't sit there and freak out about it because I know I'm not Stephen Hawking, but I know I'm not a dumb guy. So I don't sit here and lose my my over it, okay? Why do liberals lose their mind when you call them commies? Because they are commies. And there's nothing they hate more than a mirror being stuck in front of their loser faces showing them who they are. This case is bull stuff. Folks, we are officially in Banana Republic territory right now. God help us all. Lines have been crossed. And let me say to you, and it pains me to say this, there's nothing but uncertainty ahead. I can't guarantee you an answer right now about what's ahead. I'm balancing two inequities right now. On one hand, no country that's descended into totalitarian madness and the people that have done it have ever relinquished that power. None. It's never happened. Once they feel and savor the taste of this police state that they now have, the Democrats, the chances of them giving it up, ladies and gentlemen, are slim. That's the bad news. The good news in this, if there is a piece of good news and some green shoots and hope at the end and light at the end of that big, long tunnel, it's that the United States has defied the odds from the beginning. No country on earth could have defeated the British Army in the Revolution, but we did. No country on earth could have defeated them in the War of 1812, and yet we won again. 
almost by accident. No country on earth should have survived the Civil War in one piece. Not only we survive it, we grew. No country should have survived the strife of the 60s and the street chaos. No country should have survived slavery and Jim Crow. These all should have been fatal moments for any normal country, but we're not normal. What are you saying? We're exceptional? Yes, sir. That's exactly what I'm saying. We are different. Why are we different? I don't know. Jim always laughs at me with this computer simulation thing. Put aside the philosophy of all that for a minute. Who cares if we're living in a computer or not? It feels real to you. And even if it was a computer, the rules are written differently for us. They just are. We are the richest, wealthiest country on earth. And there's got to be a reason there. Why? I don't know. Maybe it's something as simple as God has blessed this place and chosen it as an example. I don't know. I believe in Jesus Christ, my Lord and Savior, and I choose to believe that. But you can choose different reasons. You know, we're surrounded and protected by oceans. We have abundant natural resources. We have friendlies to our north and south, relatively so. You can probably think of a number of practical reasons. I get it. I choose a spiritual one. But that's my choice. You don't have to embrace that. But we are different. And I'm balancing those two things now, that no police state, none, has ever voluntarily relinquished power against the fact that we were told all of these things would never happen here either, and they happened here. Ah, you'll never beat the British. You guys will never, this ragtag army, establish what would become just 200 years later the world's most dominant superpower in the history of this rock we call Earth. But as I said when I opened this portion of the show, ladies and gentlemen, there's nothing but uncertainty ahead. And if you're looking for a guarantee that we're going to come out of this on the other side, bigger and better and stronger and more cohesive, then I can't give that to you today. It is astonishing in just the last four years how badly this country has degenerated into police state madness. Folks, the indictment that dropped yesterday, the fourth one, is such an embarrassing, humiliating mess that to call it a legal indictment is really an insult to words. They're alleging conduct that every single Democrat in the Congress and the Senate at one point is engaged in. Everyone questioning elections, questioning electors, questioning voting patterns. Every single one would be in jail. If the conduct in the indictment yesterday were actually criminal, it is not. So how did they get an indictment? For the third time, because we live in a police state. We do not live in a constitutional republic anymore. We are out at sea. We have lost the moorings. We are out at sea right now. That's why I tell you there's nothing but uncertainty ahead. This indictment was based on two absolutely absurd premises that are so ridiculous that, as I said to you, every Democrat in the Congress and the Senate, probably at the state level, too, would find themselves in prison if these were crimes. First, they based the indictment on an allegation that Donald Trump wanted to find votes. Ladies and gentlemen, that is not what happened. He was not talking about finding illegal votes. There has never been an ounce of evidence that Donald Trump was incentivizing fraud. Donald Trump believed the election system in Georgia was screwed up and that there were votes out there for him that could have been found. 
You have zero evidence whatsoever he was calling for fraud. Zero. So much so that the Washington Post had to write a major correction to a piece where they asserted as much. The second premise, this absurdity, this illegal absurdity is based on, is this fake electors premise. Folks, there is no such thing as fake electors. There are alternative electors, something that's been proposed by Democrats since time immemorial. If that's a crime, every Democrat in Congress would be in jail. They were not proposing fake electors. They proposed an alternate backup slate of electors in case they won the legal challenges in the states where they were challenging the votes. Folks, due to COVID, we had a mass mail-in ballot election. It is the New York Times themselves back in 2012 that wrote a story by Adam Liptak. We've covered on this show many times. A story they wrote about how mail-in balloting is subject to double the rejection rates and fraud. How mail-in balloting had inherent problems in it. Security issues, rejection rates. Yet mysteriously, that was in 2012, when the Democrats figured out they could use mail-in ballots, all of a sudden it became the most secure election of our lifetime. Both of those stories can't be true, jerkwads. One of them has to be fake. And it's the latter. This was not the most secure election in American history. And that is why the Trump team would have been engaged in legal malfeasance if they did not have a backup plan in case their lawsuits prevailed with electors. Something the Democrats did in Kennedy versus Nixon and the Gore race. Oh, I got audio for you later. I'm going to play again, too, of Democrats actually trying to intimidate presidential electors wait i thought that was a crime not for democrats it ain't folks the republic is dead the only question now is can we rebuild it and let me say this too i don't want to wait till the end of the show to get this out i'm going to sandwich it in the beginning and the end if you're taking this as some kind of boo-hoo moment and a reason for to give up then you're listening to the wrong show you have one country, this, where are you going to go? We, uh, really, where are you going to go? You're going to go live under AMLO or Trudeau in Mexico or Canada, respectively? Where are you going to go? You're going to go live in Guam somewhere? This is your country. You are the leaders you've been waiting for. My friend Ginny Thomas says all the time. We're the leaders we've been waiting for. You're the leaders we've been waiting for. Don't wait for someone else. You damn well better save this place because there ain't nowhere else to go, man. There's nowhere else to go. It's a dark moment. And the Republic, as you know, it is dead. You're not safe from these people. I want you to understand. You are not safe. If you do not tow the Democrat line, there's nothing to do with party affiliation. RFK Jr. I also have some audio from him later, too. He had some stunning comments about the CIA yesterday, Tucker Carlson. You're not safe if you're a Democrat either. No one is safe from these people if you don't tow their line. The minute they sense or sniff or hear that you may be a threat to their new totalitarian police state regime, you'll become a target, too. Apathy is your worst enemy. Folks, they wiped out in this indictment yesterday pretty much every one of Donald Trump's constitutionally protected liberties. 
speech, petition, assembly, due process, his rights to an attorney, all of it. I'm going to go through it point by point, piece by piece, and show you how, folks, this really was what you witnessed yesterday, the death of the republic. I'm long on America, but you still got to put up a fight. Let me tell you about our next sponsor, the first. Sleep, especially as you get older, is critical, especially that deep, comforting sleep. Go to helixsleep.com slash Dan and take the sleep quiz. I took it and I was matched to the Midnight Lux mattress. Helix knows that everyone's unique, so they have several different mattress models to match to you based on your body type and sleep preferences. Once you match, your mattress comes right to your door ship for free. When you receive your Helix mattress, you'll be obsessed with it. It's so quick and fun to unbox, and you won't believe how well you'll sleep. You'll wake up feeling rested and refreshed. They have a 10-year warranty, and Helix even has financing options and flexible payment plans, so a great night's sleep is never far away. Helix is offering 25% off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners in honor of Labor Day. Go to helixsleep.com slash Dan and use code HELIXPARTNER25. That's HELIXPARTNER25. This is their best offer yet and won't last long. With Helix, better sleep starts now. Up next, we talked with Christopher Rufo about the culture war and what it takes to fight in this cultural revolution. This is fascinating. He lays out the actual steps about how he got here and a controversial approach on how to move forward. Check this out. Let me welcome to the show, Chris Rufo. Chris, you came on at a bad time because I'm really pissed off today. Not at you. I think you're awesome. But I have no time for, for cutesy time and for BS and for garbage and for people who don't understand right now that when I mean this in a non-figurative literal sense, the entire fabric of the country is disintegrating under a multi-decade culture war that the left's been engaging in. And there's almost no one out there that gets it outside of a small pocket of conservatives and people like you who are willing to do something about it. Welcome to the show, Chris. How's your day today? Tell us about the book. <laughs> Well, I'll tell you, I, I feel exactly the same way quite frequently, so I can sympathize with you on that. But, I mean, the best thing that we have to do is to ignore even the haters on our own side, to demonstrate their impotence by being successful, by being uh, results-oriented and showing that this do-nothing conservatism, which dominated the movement for many years, uh, is a total dead end, and, and we have to move beyond it. We're talking to Chris Rufo. I'll give you a proper introduction. I'm just so furious about this because you get it. You're one, this Chris has been an activist for a long time. He is no Johnny come lately here. Uh, he has been trying to change the education system, which the left is prioritized in their culture. Where he has a book out. It is a mega bestseller called America's Cultural Revolution. Uh, you should pick it up. It is worth your time. It is out right now. Uh, pick it up wherever you get your books. Like I said, it's a bestseller for a reason. Uh, Chris, you're an action-oriented guy. Uh, I, I'm seeing, though, however, uh, I want you to explain to us here, uh, we'll get to the book, I promise you, but uh, you, you're uh, the new school in Florida, what you've been up to over there and how this became like a national kind of story. And I've even seen some fake Republicans suggesting, you know, we should back down on, on what you did there. Tell us how that fight started, where it is now, and, and your answer to them who say, hey, we should just play cutesy time and, you know, play nice with them and eventually they'll understand we're the better people. That's right. So the, the story begins in January. Governor DeSantis appointed me and a number of other conservative uh, intellectuals and, common, and, and, and scholars to the board of trustees of the New College of Florida, which was a struggling, failing university within Florida's public university system. And he said something very simple. He said, look, legislators want to shut this college down, but instead I'm appointing a new board. You guys are going to take it over, fire the leadership, abolish the DEI and restore this university to classical liberal arts education, rebalance the faculty, recruit 
uh, new students and turn this university around entirely. And so what we've done is uh, we got in, we fired the president, we pushed out the provost, we abolished the DEI department, we fired the DEI director, we brought in a whole new team. Uh, we've, you know, through a series of incentives, uh, about a third of the faculty have quit. Uh, they don't want classical liberal arts. They don't awesome. want a discussion. They don't want to debate. And so uh, we, we now have turned this around. We've raised, uh, you know, more money from the legislature than ever before. We have the largest income in class. And I think what we've done is we've shown that conservative voters, uh, you know, in places like Florida, want conservative, uh, uh, at least conservative friendly institutions. And so I'd make no apologies about it. Um, that's exactly what we're doing. Uh, we're, we're creating something different. We're going back to the classical liberal arts model, uh, and, and we're not going to apologize for it. No, and you shouldn't. We're talking to Chris Rufo, the author of a mega best-selling new book, America's Cultural Revolution. It lays out the battle plan for doing this. Chris, I have not read the whole book. I've seen portions of it. Pretty powerful. I think one of the, and correct me if I'm wrong, but one of the takeaways, if you had to give kind of an overarching view of what the book is about, is that we as conservatives, we have to get comfortable with using political power. We, we've had this kind of almost uh, inherent kind of uh, genetic revulsion towards using political power because the essence of conservatism has been to be the, you know, the anti-communist, to be against collective power. But, but that's, not, that's not the world we live in right now. The advent of CBDCs, the corruption of the education system, the, the police state, the weaponization of government and the power they have. I mean, the use of AI. We're going to have to get comfortable with using political power, but just using it for a good kind of common cause rather than what the left has been using for. Am I, am I kind of stretching that too far or is that kind of where you're going with it? That, that's exactly where I'm going with it. And, and, and the, the facts are very simple. In an ideal world, I would love a system of very limited government as the founders imagined. Um, but we don't live in an ideal world. We live in a world where for the last hundred years, American political leaders of both political parties have expanded government uh, to the point where now our government as a percentage of GDP is larger than the government in communist China. And so the question is, because conservatives have failed to reduce the size of government for the last hundred years. What are we going to do about it? Government controls 75% of the colleges and universities. Government controls 90% of the K through 12 education system. Uh, and so what values are we going to, to put in these institutions? Are we simply going to say that, that we elect conservative leaders to serve as figureheads, to get the nice titles and prestige of legislator or governor, but we're going to delegate the management of all of our public institutions to our enemies, to our opponents, to people who would want to, to destroy all of the values that we uh, cherish. Uh, the, the answer is obviously no. We can advocate for smaller government while at the same time recognizing the fact that we have a large government and someone has to run it. Some, some people's values will be prioritized. Other people's values will be deprioritized. And so to me, that is the essential question. When we're teaching yeah. kids, what do we want to teach them? And that's what conservative governors and, and legislators need to do. Yeah, and I, and I think what you guys did, folks, if you haven't seen the video, it's a little older. We played it on the podcast, the radio show of Chris when you were at the new school. And you, there was a decision to be made about uh, a, a board meeting that was going to happen. And they tried to enact a heckler's veto. Oh, you're not allowed in here. It's going to be dangerous. You can't give this speech. You got to watch how you guys just stood up. 
And you basically said, no, we're not going to, we're going ahead with this speech. And if you don't want it, then you guys can all resign. I mean, that was really a great moment. And I, I think conservatism, this new conservatism is starting to embrace your approach on that. And what the governor did down here in Florida, Governor DeSantis as well, saying, yeah, we're not going to let you guys take over. We're not going to accept your heckler's veto. We are going to march through and do what we know is the right thing. Chris, uh, one uh, question I have for you, though, about uh, about your book is, we play Yuri Besman off a lot on the show, the KGB defector who talked about the basically decade-long march through institutions the Soviets always had planned. They knew they couldn't crack the United States from the outside, so they had to do it from the inside in. This cultural revolution really did take hold, though. And I mean, what the left did, they, they marched through our institutions because they always understood there could never be communism or collectivism without the kids. Do you really think that things like this can turn it around or do you think we're at the point of no return? Your, your candid assessment of where we are. Uh, yeah, look, I'm, 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 I'm very clear-eyed about what's happened to our institutions. The story of the book is the detailed kind of secret history of the radical left's long march through the institutions, beginning in 1968 and continuing to the present. So the, the, the foe, the formidable challenge uh, that we face is we shouldn't underestimate it. However, I'm optimistic because... Uh, in states like Florida and Texas and Tennessee and Idaho, uh, conservatives still have uh, political power. And so to me, the question is not, are our enemies too powerful? Is the radical left uh, too well entrenched in our institutions? The only limitation that I see fundamentally is the limitation of conservatives, uh, the, the limitations that we've put on ourselves. And so if we're willing to fight, if we're willing to stand up, if we're willing to push back, if we're willing to take over institutions and govern them unapologetically, and orient public schools, public universities, government agencies to the values that we hold most dear. Um, we can take this country uh, back. Uh, we can reorient it towards those great principles of freedom and equality. And so at the end of the day, uh, I just think that we have to summon the courage within ourselves uh, to, to fight this fight. And that's what I tried to encourage people to do in the book. The book is called America's Cultural Revolution by Chris Rufo, R-U-F-O. It's out now. It's a bestseller. It is uh, fantastic. It is definitely worth your time. Chris, you know, I, I saw this movie Oppenheimer this week. I don't get to watch movies often because they're full of woke Hollywood libs, and I don't want to give them my 10, 15 bucks with the hell a movie costs now. But I, I've always been interested in this, and it got me thinking about the complexities of human beings, as I was talking about in the beginning of my show, and how the modern liberals so reductionist in their thinking, you know, you, you bad, me good kind of stuff. And, and they did that on purpose. I mean, isn't that kind of, I mean, Oppenheimer was a complicated guy, a communist sympathies on one end, but a guy brilliant enough, you know, to think through how we would create a fission bomb. I mean, that's how were you so smart, but you couldn't figure out communism was a disaster, but it goes to show you people are complex, but the left doesn't do that. And they're trying to teach in our educational institutions. This is what I want you to answer to. This reductionist way of thinking. Oh, they own slaves. They're awful. Well, slavery is an abomination. And no serious person disputes that or sane person. But folks, you know, the human beings have done horrible things to each other throughout human history. It doesn't disregard every single beautiful thing that's ever been created because a bad person may have created it. But that was the purpose, wasn't it? To get people to think in these kids in the schools like simple-minded morons so the government could teach them to be Borg-like automatons? That was the point. Yeah, I, I mean, it, it really is uh, a shocking and tragic scenario that um, you see, as I outline in the book, the, the control of education was really the, 
the primary goal of the radical left in the mid uh, and, and late to late 20th century. And and they say explicitly, it's not even that they want to be automatons that, you know, go to work, raise their families, participate in their communities and, and, and call it a day. No, no, they actually want to turn kids into revolutionaries. And so they want to get them, uh, you know, totally hyped up on uh, race and gender, divide them into oppressor and oppressed, uh, and then send them into the streets. And you see that over and over in places like Portland, Oregon, which I highlight in the book, where uh, these schools are training kids to go out uh, and fight in the streets for revolution. So um, we have to get education back. That is first and foremost. Without that, we will truly be lost. But the good news, again, is that conservatives are waking up to this. We're passing school choice legislation and in state after state. Um, We're taking over school boards through these great local elections. And then in places like Florida, Governor DeSantis is actually taking the fight to the heart of uh, the heart of darkness. He's taking the fight to to the university system. And so um, we have a lot of catch up. um, But I think that uh, everything is possible with some some grit, some toughness, some resolve and some intelligence implied to the political process. Jason, I was, I was, I'm sorry, Chris, I was just uh, texting a friend of mine about something. Sorry. It's like, so I got so much going on right now. I'm like triple multitask. I got about a minute left, but I just wanted your thoughts on this. You know, the sexualization of kids in schools, it's so clear from a communist perspective that sex has become the perfect tool to divide the kids from the parents because it's inherently confusing to a young child in school, a school not mature enough to understand it. That's my premise about what this is really about. Forget about the pervs in the movement. They obviously have those too, but I believe this is intentional, that this sexual indoctrination in kids is being done to create division. I got, I got a minute left, but your thoughts on that. Yeah, that, that, that's right. And so what you see over and over, and this is something that's important for listeners to understand, is the left cycles through the three great themes, race, sex, and class. And so in 2020, it was race, 2020, 2021, 2022, 2023, it's now uh, gender or sex, um, but we should also be prepared for it as the economy slows down to rotate back to class. And so we've got to be uh, uh, very confident to debate on all these fronts um, because as they w- wear the public down, as they're exposed for doing uh, awful things, uh, they'll simply switch it up and, and, and play the game and rotate the wheel again. Chris, you've been an amazing activist for conservatism, for liberty and freedom. I've been following you for a long time. Ladies and gentlemen, the book, again, it's a must read. America's Cultural Revolution by Chris Rufo, R-U-F-O. Pick it up today. It is out now. It's a bestseller for a reason. We need to hear more doers and action takers than just talkers. And Chris is one of them. Chris, thanks a lot for your time. We appreciate you coming on and best of luck with the book. Thank you so much. Another rant coming up, but first, our next sponsor. Ladies, look at the mirror. Do you see those dark spots? Well, they're not going away on their own. Introducing the Dark Spot Corrector from GenuCell Skin Care, right in time for the summer. The Dark Spot Corrector, with not one but three cutting-edge ingredients, goes to work fast, helping to target sunspots, dark spots, liver spots, and even old discoloration, both on your face and your hands. You'll be amazed at how quickly you can see results. You can now enjoy your summer sun, beach, and barbecues without embarrassing spots. With GenuCell skincare, you'll see the results or your money back, no questions asked. So go to GenuCell.com right now. Get your dark spot corrector with the new GenuCell skincare most popular package and say goodbye to those pesky spots tomorrow. And if you're not blown away with the results, get 100% of your money back, no questions asked. Visit GenuCell.com slash Dan right now for these amazing summer essentials and save over 70% off GenuCell skincare most popular package. Don't wait. 
Order GenuCell Skincare's most popular package now. Free shipping, free returns, and the best luxury skincare you've ever used, all at 70% off. GenuCell.com slash Dan, G-E-N-U-C-E-L, GenuCell.com slash Dan. All orders will include a mystery luxury gift while supplies last. GenuCell.com slash Dan. That country song by Oliver Anthony had a lot of people questioning its authenticity. I talked about the power of music and the fact that some people insist on infighting in our movement. I went off on some of the people in the movement who are just not helping anymore. Check this out. Folks, I am absolutely passionate about music. I love it. It is, um, there's something, there's something special about it. I, it it's, it's not just sound. Uh, we don't need to get into metaphysics, okay? Because one, I don't know anything about it. And secondly, I just know music is special because you know too. Why? Who the hell knows? So last night I'm sitting around my house and if you know what happened last night on Twitter with this artist, by the way, you know exactly what I'm talking about. I'm sitting there and I'm really knee deep in show prep stuff. I'm not kidding. I'm not virtue. So oh, look, I was working so hard. Everybody works hard, but I have a block of time, like six to eight where I sit down and I read and it's quiet and everybody kind of lets me do my thing. So I don't like to really be bothered. And a guy who rarely texts me, but he's a close friend and a business associate of mine. He says, OMG, like, you got to hear this. And I'm like, I'm in a knee deep in an article about the FCC or whatever. I'm like, I don't want to hear this right now. But I'm like, what the hell? This guy never texts me and he's got such a good ear for stuff. But it's usually political content. He says, please just listen to this song. This song, the first time I heard it, I got to tell you, man, I got goosebumps. This is a guy from Virginia. His name is Oliver Anthony. He's a working class man, really ticked off about the state of the country. He spoke to my social media manager, Jason, last night after the song went viral in about two hours. Two days? No, two hours. It went from about 10,000 listens to about a million in just a couple of hours. It's one of the most powerful things I've ever heard. Bad times make good music, man. And people find collective camaraderie in music. You know, we're not just cesspools of chemicals, man. I ain't a poet. I'm not freaking Robert Frost, all right? I'm, I'm not even musically talented myself. I can't sing. I wish I could. I couldn't play an instrument to save my life. But there's something about music. When you're sitting, you ever been in a, in a, in a you know, these kids, they do raves now, but and I've never been to a rave. It's not my bag of donuts. But you ever been to a concert with a bunch of people and a song comes like the Morgan Wallen concert I was at when Sand in My Boots came on. And it's like, you almost don't feel human for a moment. You don't feel like this bag of meat and bones and chemicals. You feel like there's a God, like there's something special out there. I mean, I know there's a God, but it gives you the feels in a different way. And you can't explain what the feels are. You just know the feels when you feel them. That's a powerful song. Oh, man, I'm like... You know, the good part about this show, I, I think, I think the best part about the show is, you know, it's authentic and it's real and it can be raw and, you know. The bad part about the show is, I'm not going to lie to you, I get distracted easy. I get very emotionally involved in stuff and when I do, it's like hard for me to get centered again. I'm so passionate about this movement. There is nothing, nothing I hate more than when people from the inside of it engage in this, like, purity exercise i i just hate it it has become a cancer in the in the in the trump sphere 
It has. I'm just going to tell you, it really has. If, if you don't see, many of you maybe don't see it like I do because I have the, I live this, you know, 18 hours a day when I'm not sleeping. It has. It's become this cancer. I've exposed the cholera. Look, that guy, he's, what, what's the, what, he's controlled opposition. That's a disaster. Do you being played? This is astroturfy. I've, Jim, no, I, man, there is nothing that drives me crazier than that. It, and it's not just some random losers on Twitter. I'm talking about other people in the movement, too. Guys who have pretty big websites and stuff, all they want to do is crap all over everyone else. It's got nothing to do with advocating for liberty or freedom or anything like that. I mean, there is nothing you can do to impress this type of person I'm talking about. It's, it's the pure one. And nobody's good enough. The fact that they're going to vote for Trump and put a sign in there, it's not enough. That's not enough. They're not good enough for you. you they're not worth. I, I don't think they understand how politics works. And the politics is the projection of power through persuasion, correct? That's what it is, right? Anybody disagree with that? I don't understand how we have so many people in our movement who've decided that the way to persuade people is to try to call everyone else the heretic. If you're wondering where this came from, it's just in the last hour or so, some dipwad on Twitter. MAGA Hulk guy, the MAGA really the real genius. It's like, yeah, man, this Oliver Anthony song is all astroturf. Insinuating that my social media manager who helped this guy out wrote this guy. So we had no idea who this guy was. Jim, turn your mic up. Nobody knows me better than you. I spend more time with you than I do with my wife. Really, 15 hours a day. Everybody's running around. 15 hours a week and even more time talking about the show, okay? Have you ever heard me mention this guy's name, that singer for the song, before, what is it? Is it last Friday? Have you ever heard this guy's name? Not until Friday, no. Not until Friday. Not until Never. you sent it Friday morning. Okay, now you can swear on everything that makes you holy that that is accurate, Correct. Uh, I have a Bible app on my phone, so I can... <laughs> <laughs> I don't think the app works, but it's the thought that counts. Okay, thank you, Jim. We appreciate that. Folks, I just wanted to help this guy out. That's it, man. And so did Jason. And the fact that we got morons out there ready. This is AstroTurf. A song is Astro... How... What is a... What's, who's AstroTurfing you? How was that? How, Astro... I... What... This, Movement, man. Someone's going to tell me next that Chris Rufo's book is AstroTurf. Dan had him on. Dan knows Rufo. Ladies and gentlemen, you're being played. This is AstroTurf. Because I had a guy on talking about ideas and thoughts and political tactics I agree with who has a great book. And so, <laughs> do you hear yourself, man? I'm just going to warn you, man. You're going to have to deal with this. You ever get a show... You become some kind of prominent blogger. You get a radio show, a podcast, or a TV show. I promise you, the most destructive, time-consuming stuff is not going to come from the left. They're easy to handle. They're morons. It's going to come from inside the tent. Guaranteed. There's a, there's a cancer in our movement on the conservative side of our movement, 
and the cancer comes from within. It's from these people who are so eager to believe they're the purest at heart and there's no one else around. This really ticked me off. So my friend, Jason Howerton, who's a great guy, he works with me, to full disclosure, on social media. He's not, doesn't work for me, works with me as a number of other clients. He handles my Facebook page and others. Jason reached out to me last Friday and he texted me Oliver Anthony's song, this viral hit, Rich Men North of Richmond. And he said, have you ever heard anything like that? By the way, I have the text to back all this up. I said, no, I haven't. He said, I want to help this guy. So on his own dime, he flew out there. No contract with him or anything like that. He flew from California all the way across the country to Carradoc County, North Carolina to film Oliver's first appearance there so he could get his message out there on social media and to do it. And he brought his video guy with him. And MAGA Hulk guy at the MAGA Hulk, who seems to be a real smart ass and knows more than anyone else. He's like, I don't want to comment all this. Then shut up, a-hole. But there's nothing authentic about this song's rise to popularity. Jason Howerton seems to be a key player in an astroturfing campaign. This is what a moron looks like. He notes that he's the CEO of Reach Digital. Yes, which helps people get media. Yes, that's not a shocker. So a guy who has expertise in helping people get media helps a guy who has a viral hit get media, and the MAGA Hulk guy is like, hey, you don't know what you're talking about, bro. It's all astroturf. I am so sick of jerkwad dipsticks like this moron. Just, yeah, you know what? The, the MAGA Hulk guy, whoever you're hiding behind your stupid avatar, it's morons like you that eat this movement alive. Nobody's pure but you. You had a friend of mine who went out there to help this guy out on his own dime, and all you can do is find a reason to crap on him. You piece of human garbage. And by the way, while we're, I just saw Jim, you commented on Twitter, that guy. By the way, we're all busy trying to ward off the police state. Uh, we've got people online, mega MAGA Trumpsters 6,466, Mr. Mega MAGA, Joey Tony MAGA on Twitter sitting there worried about a viral song. It's an up, bro. It's an up. These are the dipwads. We've got this movement while the president of the United States was indicted for a fourth time. We literally have idiots arguing about this right now. They're like, Chief Mega Maga Trumpster told me it's an op. Yes, it's an op. Yeah, it's an op. Definitely. It's a big op. This is happening right now. There, yes, there's a big investigation to get to the bottom. of it. You guys knock yourselves out. Have fun. You guys get to the bottom of that. <laughs> Go right ahead. But Jim's laughing, but Jim's only laughing because he knows it's true. You have the police state destroying the republic. It's now officially dead. And you've got mega Mr. MAGA 42,000, chief MAGA MAGA guy on Twitter with his thousand followers going, I'm going to get to the bottom of who thought this song was a good thing. This is real. Jim, is it happening? Am I not kidding? And you want to talk about a group of incel losers. I mean, involuntarily celebrate. They're, the, they're sitting in the basement with the Hot Pocket right now and the Lubriderm. And they don't know what else to do. Like, I'm going to get to the bottom of who made that song go viral. Yes, don't worry about, like, the Republic collapsing or anything. Let's, let's get to the bottom of that. 
Thanks for listening to the special Sunday podcast we put together for you. You can hear me every weekday across the country and over 300 stations. Go to Bongino.com. Click on Station Finder to find out where I'm on near you. Thanks for listening. You just heard Dan Bongino.